Assalamu alaikum guys and welcome back to another episode of The Word Affairs. I think that this isn't going to be a massively long episode because as you guys know we have been on a very 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 good clean record so far. If you've been listening recently you'll know that we're uploading episodes regularly. Alhamdulillah we rep- um, we update um the podcast i think every sunday i don't know who's we but i mean me but i also like think of you guys so i'm always like it's we um but yeah every sunday alhamdulillah recently we've had having a new episode come out which has been fantastic um some are very 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 long some are actually decent size and then others i think are probably gonna be a little shorter but that just happens that's just how it goes um but yeah i hope you all had an amazing week i hope that you all got up to something nice i hope something made your day a bit more positive um and yeah i think personally this has been one of the longest weeks ever and i really don't know why and i think everyone was saying this as well sorry phone call incoming anyways everyone was saying this as well like i was at work and everyone's like this week feels like it's so long like it literally felt like it dragged by i think it was by the time it was tuesday um we were like why does it feel like it should be a thursday <laughs> it literally i don't know what it was i don't know um but yeah anyways regardless we made it and on to the next one and <clears throat> on that topic there's something that me and my family were literally recently talking about and actually i facetimed one of my friends um i think it was about two weeks ago and we were talking about how i don't know what it was but she brought something up about I can't remember something in particular about a certain point of the year and oh no actually no that's not what happened so she was talking about a new project that she wanted to start Allah Mubarak may Allah put more barakah into her um projects and her endeavors I mean and um she was and I turned around and I said something like 2024 is coming and I want to see this new version of you something right and then it hit me because it struck a chord and I realized and I literally said to her I was like whoa hang on this is so crazy I go because literally it's like the middle of november now and obviously that means very soon we'll be getting on to december and i said that it's so mad because last new year's eve so it was the 31st of december last year 2022 um me and her spent it together at her house and we just like ordered a pizza and we got like chicken tikka and chips and we were sat on her bed and we were just like oh randomly like why don't we create like a goals list for 2023 now were we delusional of course we were every single person who makes resolutions for the new year we are delusional of some sort um and i don't think it works without any delusion but um it's like that thing that you do in the moment where you're feeling proper geared up and proper motivated and then come you know bloody february um you'll be like ah you know what sack that like (laughs) i don't remember what i wrote down on the list anyways so it was at that time and we were both making a list of goals and we wrote them down and and we shared them with each other i don't know where those papers are now i have zero clue like i actually don't know where the papers are um and i'd really be interested to find them but yeah no clue um and actually i do remember making an episode on the podcast where it was like goals for 2023 or something and it was really like it was actually quite a good episode it was very inspiring in the sense where it was related to islam and there were some sorts of goals i had seen on twitter where a girl had made a list and it was they were very very achievable and they were very concise and there were four goals so i spoke about that on the podcast and 
um, it was really nice. It was actually a really good podcast episode. And I think I might go my, back to it myself and listen to it. And you guys know I don't listen to my own episodes. So yeah, please do go and check that one out. <laughs> but yeah, um, so we were, we made a uh, goals list and yeah, we shared it. It was just a really, really nice, memorable night. I feel like it formed like a core memory in our minds. Um, and like I think back to it, flashbacks, it's such a core memory in my mind. Um, I feel like it's one of those scenes of, I don't know if you guys have ever watched that film called inside out i think that's what it's called and it was by disney um i watched like ages ago when it first came out and it was the concept of how you have like those four little people in your mind who are your emotions and they control like anger happiness love or whatever and they also control the concept of making memories and um like in a brain i can't remember what it was and and you can see the the emotions in other people's heads and they were talking about how a memory is made and obviously it's just a cartoon it's just like an animation it's not that deep but somehow they always hit deep and it was like the girl who's responsible for a certain um emotion she makes like when the girl when the actual like little girl the human girl starts playing with a toy or something that her dad's playing or starts learning how to ride a bike for example like the memory starts forming in their head and it makes like a glass ball and it's like a glowing lit dim glass ball it's just such a cute little idea and it's like oh well that's like a core memory forming and it's very special and you've got to cherish it and they're all like oh my god she made a core memory like wow we need to we need to keep this we need to protect it and it's just such a cute idea and I think now after watching that like it always reminds me of that when I look back to a certain stage of my life I'm like damn like you never realize in that moment that that's going to be a memory that's going to become a memory it's only after when you look back at it you're like wow that that's such a nice memory but while she were doing it you never realize that this is going to be something that you're going to remember and cherish afterwards and the idea of me and my friend sitting down together and making the list of goals um and eating pizza and eating chicken tikka and chips on her bed um and it was like really cold outside um I don't know why like that just always has formed a core memory now in my mind and I'm really really grateful for that moment I'm just so happy even if that meant that we didn't even accomplish any of the goals even if it meant we didn't tick them even if it meant that we've lost the actual paper that we wrote the goals on that's completely fine that's not the point of it the point was that we did that and we made that core memory and we formed it together and it was really cute because then I brought it up during our FaceTime call and she was like wow like we need to do that again we need to make it into a tradition and I was like yeah 100% like we have to and in my head I really really wanted to because I was like that's just so bloody cute and I just really liked it I loved the whole idea of it um but yeah it's that idea and reflecting back on that that actually links to today's episode and the topic for today's episode and that is the concept of how it's oh there's not even really a title for it but it's more about the idea of not realizing the happiness that you may have in that moment and realizing like basically later on it become a core memory and just how media can sometimes make you feel that way but also like just moments in your life and I think it's just best to just dive into it so you can kind of understand what we're talking about um so essentially this goes back to I think I want to say 2021 and in 2021 I was introduced to this show called The Office and if you are listening right now and you watch that you're probably thinking oh my god like that show the iconic show if you have not watched The Office I am telling you right here right now you are missing out you are just missing out like you are missing out so bad and the reason for that is because it is 
in my personal opinion, one of the best um, productions I have ever seen in my life. And I think that when it comes to things like films, movies, art, digital art, it's very hard to say that type of stuff because there's just so much out there and you really like everything pretty much that you see or you know when you hate something. And this is that one thing that I can hand on heart say that this show was just beautiful in its own form. And if you've watched The Office, I, you know, I, I hope that you you um, agree with me. I've never met a person to this day who has despised or disliked The Office, like never. And what is it, right? So it is, a, it's basically a show that was released. I think, it, I want to say it started off like back in 2000 and something, okay? And it's just a, it's, it's a, it's a, an American sitcom, okay? And it's set as a mockumentary. So it's like a, a like a, oh, they, they're making a documentary, but it's actually like a joke. And um, it follows the lives of the people who work at a paper company called Dunder Mifflin and it follows all of their little lives their intricate lives how they weave in and out of each other how they you know get on in life and all of that and the trajectory and their character arcs and everything like that all the way till the end and essentially I think I want to say it's about nine seasons that they filmed of this and every season represents a year of being at the Dunder Mifflin company and a year in their lives and it's really beautiful. It's honestly so beautiful. And at the time of filming it, the people now, obviously, bearing in mind, they all know what they're in. It's it's a show. It's not a it's not a documentary that was recorded. It's a, it's an actual sitcom show, but they've done it in the style of a mockumentary. So at the beginning of the show, they're like, "Oh, why have you got these cameras?" And then you know they're like, "Oh, we're recording a documentary." They're like, "Oh, cool, okay, whatever." And then they just get on with their lives and they just do it. And sometimes, like you know, they have those like funny moments where they just you know they, they see some absolutely insane or see a stupid joke and just look at the camera like it's just so deadpan it's so funny and when you start watching it you're watching it for the laughs you're watching it for the bants you're watching it for characters like Dwight Shroot who is just so quirky and so weird and so hilarious you're watching it for the love story of Jim and Pam who just start off as a receptionist and a salesman you're watching it for the eccentric weird and wacky manager Michael you're watching it for all of those reasons and it's just hilarious like it's like 20 minute episodes and you can watch it while you're eating your food that's what I used to do I used to watch it literally when I was eating my food or uh, if I'm having my lunch I had to have a bit of The Office playing on and you know stuff like that sometimes I'd watch it in my car when I was on my lunch break and just eating my food for some reason it was always like the food show that I'd have accompanying my food and it took me about in fact yeah it took me about just over two years to finish the show now it's so funny because when I actually started watching this show, I was on season one, I think, or even season two. And then I started watching it at home, you know, when I just put it on the TV whilst I'm eating my food. And then my brothers were like, oh, what's this show? They started watching a few episodes with me. And I was like, oh, it's called The Office um, and blah, blah. And then they started watching the show. But then we were on different points because I was so slow in watching it. They literally actually finished it off about a year before me. And I was like, what the hell? Like, I introduced you guys to the show and, you know, you guys finished it off before me. And they loved it like they absolutely love the office to the point where even when i'd be watching some episodes they'd still come and sit down and watch some of the episodes and we all loved it my mum's watched it everyone um and when you start the show you will never think oh wow like you're actually going to be invested in these people's lives and stuff like even though it is a hilarious joke sitcom it's 
and it's comedy and it makes you laugh there are actually some real real deep moments in there so anyways moving on now I think yesterday I finished it off I finally finished off the last season and the last episode was about 55 minutes right and I cried like I cried watching it I oh god I I cried and I got so emotional and every little minute was so so emotional I don't really want to ruin it for people so obviously I'm not going to go into like what happened or something like that all you've got to know is you've really got to watch it it becomes your comfort show and it is hilarious it's just so good and the crazy part is like you will literally see this character arc going on from nine years and it's actual real real life nine years you see these characters grow old you see them like change you see the camera quality change you know when they show the last um season which was filmed in i think 2012 the camera quality from that compared to the first season you're gonna be like whoa there's a massive difference here and there really truly is and for me like it was so touching because i was like this not only represents like the characters lives and how they've changed but it actually represents how your life has changed and I think back to when I first started watching the show and where I was at that point in my life compared to now where it's almost 2024 and I honestly again once again I'm like a completely different person and yes there are elements of me that I've kept and there's elements that I've lost there's people who've come in your life and then people who have left and there's things that you've accomplished and things that you are still yet to accomplish that you thought you may have done by now but you haven't and it's just so beautiful because I can't believe that this entire show for example at the end you you start to realize towards the end that they've actually documented their lives for nine years that was not the intention it was just to show the paper company and then it ended up becoming nine years and then like it goes from like them not realizing that they're being filmed or like oh crap like this this is never going to get aired or whatever to then like the last season where they're like oh this is going to start airing on PBC or something that's called PB. I can't remember what it's called, but the, the like show, the channel, sorry. And you know, they all go to watch like the premiere. They all go to watch the first episode and it's just so crazy, right? It's just very, very like, I don't even know what the word is, but it's like a microcosm. It's just insane. I don't even know that's the right word. Okay. But the point is I'm trying to make is that it's so insane how they get from that point to the end. And when you're living your life, you don't realize just how much has changed until you look back. And it's, it's kind of like an analogy of your own life, even though that's a representation of nine years. If you were to look at what your age you, you are right now, so for example, I'm, I'm 23 right now. And then if I was to go back nine years, that's, what is that? That's like, oh my God, what is that? That's 14 years, okay? Um, so I would have been 14 years old. So if you try to compare your life throughout the nine-year period, let's call it the Dunder, Dunder Mifflin nine years, right? Nine years of Dunder Mifflin. If you do that to your own life, you'll realize, oh my God, like your entire life has changed. Your entire life has changed. And I think that's what we should be so grateful about because when you sometimes have that feeling hit you in the face where you're like, my life is so stagnant or my life isn't moving or everyone's moving along and I'm not getting anything done um, and I'm still in the same place or why is life taking such a slow turn for me everyone's happy everyone's getting what they want around me and I'm still here stuck on step one you should apply the Dunder Mifflin nine years to your life I think and when you see like a nine year change you're gonna be like wow if you were to sit down and list every single change that happened nine years ago to this day I feel like you'd probably run out of paper and that's something that we don't realize until we reflect back on for example me sitting here right here right now recording this episode 
and you know talking about this I think maybe there'll be a time in my life where maybe a year from now six months from now or even like two years from now I'll reflect back and I'll think in sometime in November at a certain stage of my life when there were certain people in my life and I was doing certain things in my life I remember I was also recording an episode for a podcast I used to have called The Word Affairs or I may still have at that time and I remember I released this episode and I was talking about this and that was the time and I finished the office and you know what I mean like that concept of core memories being formed in your head you don't ever realize until you look back and that's actually wickedly insane to me like I think that that's just so bizarre you don't realize until the moment has passed and I think that's actually somewhat in some way kind of heartbreaking that you don't realize that that is going to become a core memory until it's passed because in order for it to become a memory time must have passed from that moment and that is just oh it's just crazy it it it, it goes over our heads so many times we don't even have to think about that we don't think about that we don't we don't ever think oh right okay well here I am making a memory that I'm gonna look back at you don't it just so happens and then when it does happen you think wow I never knew I'd be looking back at that time and I find that so crazy and so there's something that really hit me in that in that show that I just think was so beautiful to share with you guys and I think it's a it's an analogy but it's also like a microcosm of us it's a microcosm of society in a way and not of necessarily society but of our personal lives and essentially in the show there is a character now obviously if you've already watched the show you'll know exactly what I mean right if you've not I think this might be a bit of a spoiler alert for you but it's nothing that no one knows everyone knows this but again it's still worth the watch that there's a thousand mini things that happen within it that you could never cover in a podcast right that's how amazing the show is but there are two characters in particular that really were just beautiful and the way they were written was amazing and they were called Jim and Pam Jim Halper and Pam Beasley right so when you start watching the show you're introduced to everyone and Pam sits and at an office and that's probably I don't know let's just say like five steps away from the receptionist's desk and at the reception sits the receptionist who's called Pam Beasley and he started at this job and you know Pam's there and he instantly sees Pam and you know he, he kind of likes her he's like oh wow like she's kind of nice you know she's a sweet girl she's kind of nice until he quickly finds out obviously that she's got a, a, a fiance and she's engaged to someone called Roy and he has to sometimes see their interactions because Roy works at the warehouse of the paper company so he works downstairs and sometimes he comes up to see Pam or comes to collect her from you know work once the shift's finished and when you watch Pam and Roy's interactions in their relationship, it's very depressing. That's the only word that could come to come to uh, come to mind. It's a very depressing kind of like uh, interaction. It's almost a sort of interdependency where, you know, they are they are like, oh, this is all we've ever known, and like they are each other's like, you know, uh, person, and and they are what each other has only ever known, and because of that like they you know they've got into a relationship they're gonna get married or whatever but like he's engaged to her for the past three years and he's not planned a wedding of any sort and she's just like you know he sometimes puts her down he sometimes knocks her confidence and you when you watch it at the beginning you see Pam as a very introverted person and you see her as a very shy person and he knocks her confidence down quite a lot which she doesn't realize he's doing at times he could be a misogynist or whatever and you know he's a big burly guy from the warehouse and you know he doesn't really care about anyone else like that type of stuff he's a guy who classically likes to go to the pub or whatever they call them the bar in America and likes to take a good you know drink whatever right the stereotypical kind of guy and Pam is a stereotypical kind of like really sweet loving caring soft woman and Jim is just 
like that cute goofy guy you know he's at work and he's got he's got a crush on the receptionist but you know he knows his place he knows his boundary and as you watch it like you know obviously Pam and and Jim they become friends and when they are become friends you can see that interactions like you know maybe a one minute interaction throughout the entire episode of a 20 minute episode and you could just see that the love's there like from Jim's side especially like you know where she'll be on the phone and you know she's she's attending a a call as from a client and and she'll just look up and she's looking at his office uh, sorry at his uh, seat or he'll do the same sometimes or when he got her a birthday present so this one's really iconic where they become really good friends and um he had got her a birthday present of a teapot I can't remember why this is important to the story by the way I can't remember why he got a teapot but like she was always like I want to see your yearbook picture he's like you're never gonna see it and then she gives her a a teapot and um he's like oh this is actually a really great present because it contains multiple presents inside and then she opens the teapot like there's the yearbook picture she's like oh my god you put that in he's like yeah then she picks up a pencil it's a mini golf pencil she goes this is the same pencil that you threw at me three years ago and you kept it and he's like yeah of course you know I just had to and then as she's looking through the teapot he actually put a birthday card on her desk but she's looking through the teapot and he thinks about something and he takes that birthday card and he puts it back in his pocket without her seeing ever seeing and she never realized and so little things like that and then eventually um I think she breaks things off with Roy I can't remember for what reason and then ends up getting with um Jim and that happens four years later from the minute that they met so it took her four years and they get married uh no sorry they get together they have a really beautiful relationship he proposes to her they get married and then they, they have the wedding and then they have you know a kid and two kids and that relationship is actually quite frankly very ordinary like he didn't propose to her at a beautiful big place he actually proposed to her when it's raining outside some sort of convenience store when they got married they had just a small kind of like marriage like nothing being nothing special um stuff like that it was just a simple mundane story but when you watch it you see all of their interactions and how they've evolved throughout time and then they go through some sort of problems in their marriage and they make it through at the end and at the end it's really really cute because what was happening was obviously they've worked at Dunder Mifflin for about nine years and at the end you know in the last two seasons perhaps he's actually going to be starting his own company for like a sports basketball thing uh sports marketing and he's really busy and he's had to go to philadelphia and it's causing problems in the marriage and then she's like look i don't want this and then eventually he, he sees what's most important to him which is pam he comes back and he basically sacrifices that aspect for his life because pam's more important to him but since then she always felt like she held apart back from him like she held him back from doing what he actually wanted to do and she feels guilty for that and then she says that to him one day she's like I just feel like I constantly are you happy like I feel like I constantly am holding you back from stuff and you know I feel guilty for that and he's like no like this is a decision I made she goes yeah but I just feel like I'm not enough for you and he's hit back and he's like whoa like you think you're not enough for me she's like yeah and then you know he's like right okay and then he just says to the camera he's like I don't know what I can do to make her feel like this I, I don't think I can so actually I know this is against the rules but can you guys help me out and the the documentary crew is like yes we will and so what he does is he asks the documentary crew to sit down and find all of their cute moments from the time that they first ever met to now when they got married because everything's been filmed over nine years and then he puts it together in a cd and then the last part of the cd is showing that teapot scene where you know she's like laughing about it but then when she watches the footage back she sees him taking the card from their desk and putting it in his pocket and she's like whoa i don't remember this happening like why did he do that and so then you know Jim comes in and obviously you have to remember everything was filmed of their life like you know we saw everything and so he comes in and he's like 
you you said you think that you're not enough for me but I really hope I've proven to you just how much you mean to me because you are everything and he says it and you know you guys won't feel it until you watch it you've watched nine seasons of it he says it with such emotion in his mind and his heart he's like you're everything to me and he she goes and then he goes you saw that card and she was like yeah and he goes well you know I guess it's time for you to actually get this so he kept that card from that time so many 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 years ago when they worked together and he gives us this card this birthday card that he's kept for that many years and she goes he goes he says something like everything you ever need to know is in that card and I hope that that helps you understand why you are everything to me and why I love you so much so she opens that card and this is the one thing that we don't ever get to see and I think that that's just so poignant like you've watched these people's lives over nine years you've seen every little moment of them even to the point where they had their baby in the hospital and this is that one moment which seems so irrelevant but it seems so small but it's actually magnanimous and you see it and she opens this card and she reads it and all we can see is her eyes and the expression on her face when she reads that card and then she closes that card and she looks up to him and the first thing she does is hugs him and she's like I love you and it's a very emotional moment and we feel the emotion despite not knowing what's written in that card and then they have like a panel interview like in the episode and a few episodes later when the documentary is airing and they're getting a little bit famous and they have a panel where you know they're sitting and lots of people have come to the panel they ask them questions like as the cast and this is in the documentary by the way this is not in real life it's like a thing filmed in the documentary and mockumentary sorry and and one of the women says what was written in the card pan and she says do you know what I think I want to keep that private I feel like so much of our life was filmed over the nine years I want to keep that private and just for us so we actually never find out what was written in that card like never and it's insane but the point I'm trying to make is that she says something at the end when they go back to the characters and they're talking to them about this whole show and they talk about the documentary being filmed and she says something like she says I never watched the full documentary and by the way like again this is not her talking in real life as her as a real person this is her talking as the character Pam in the in the in the show she goes I never watched the full documentary I couldn't I actually stopped watching after a few episodes because it upsets me to know that it took me so long to actually be happy and she says I spent so many years sitting five steps apart from the guy that I loved at that at that seat thinking that I could have made a move earlier or something could have happened earlier and it actually took me four years it took me four years to finally build up the courage and actually let it happen and let myself be happy when in reality the happiness was there the whole time and I just was not choosing it for myself and it upsets me because that's the girl who could have been happy but she chose not to be and so I think that even though I didn't watch the documentary myself I really hope that people watch the whole thing themselves and they see what happened over the nine years because maybe just maybe there's a girl out there who's watching that and realizing she doesn't have to wait that long to be happy she can actually find the happiness within herself and for herself from the very first minute she sees that and it was honestly just so heart rendering like it was so deep and it really cuts like close to, to skin for like a lot of people and you and again I feel like you you can understand the impact and emotion from this as I'm talking but you will never understand the impact and emotion until you watch the full thing and yes it's tw- it's it's nine 
seasons and every season has about 23 episodes but I promise you it is worth it it's honestly beautiful and it's hilarious it's so hilarious and there's times when you feel emotional as well it's just oh it's whoever made that and by the way it's actually to this day one of the top five it's in one of the top five shows and but it's crazy it's actually crazy because it's just so poignant and it's so beautiful what she says and also when you look back to just how many memories were kind of like captured for them as characters now obviously in real life it's not a real true story it's just a it's just a show at the end of the day but I think it's so relevant and so like it's just so pivotal to our lives because you don't realize what is going to happen in your life until you look back at it and I think when we sometimes think about it when we were kids you'd you'd get asked those questions of like oh if you had a if you had a superpower what would it be some people would ask to be invisible some people would ask to do this some people would ask to look into the future at some point we've all wished for that and now I think as you get older you start to realize the beauty of not actually having that gift and you think why did Allah decide our entire lives for us but then not tell us like what's the point because Allah's already written everything out so why not just tell us? He may as well save us the heartbreak, save us from making the wrong decisions, save us from the mistakes that we create. Let us know what we're getting ourselves involved into. It would just save so much um, pain and hurt. It would just, you know, stuff like that. But the real true reason is because all of that was supposed to happen. If Allah didn't show, if Allah did, sorry, show us our entire life, you would maybe perhaps not make the mistakes that were supposed to be made. You would perhaps not make the the errors that were supposed to be made. You'd probably not, or if you had any way of kind of like changing destiny, you'd try your best to. When in reality, that's just how it's written. But we don't know because it's got an element of surprise to it. And in fact, we don't know what's written. And that's just human appeal texting me. Um, But that's, that's the aspect that I'm trying to make out. And I find that so powerful and so emotional like it's just oh it's just crazy I think as a kid especially I whenever we talk about these type of superpowers I used to talk about there were like a few that we talk about and I remember one was being invisible so you could hear on people's conversations on what they they feel about you when you're not around the second one was to see what people are thinking inside their minds so they can see what they actually think of a situation or what they actually think of you um, and what they're saying to you you know um to your face and the third one was always to look into the future as a child those were like the three oh if you could have a superpower what would it be they were always the three that I would choose and now as an adult looking back at it I think that's so upsetting because it shows just how much of a shows it just shows what type of child I was I was so worried about what people thought of me I was so worried and also I was so worried about life not turning out right because I just wanted to know everything. I always used to say why can't I know what job I get in and who I marry and and what what I do in my life or when I die like it just saves so many problems and now looking at that it's because I just wanted control like I wanted to control situations and I wanted control and that's always been me. I love routine. I hate when things go out of place, out of my routine. It really riles me up because I'm like, no, I had a routine. I had to do things at a set time or I wanted to take all this off my list today and I didn't get the chance and I panic when someone changes plans or I actually panic when people don't tell me the plan and it worries. Like, for example, for someone to like, so like surprises, surprises, oh, like 
normally <laughs> this is mad but I think the idea of actually having surprises planned for me I think it's like a really nice idea but when it happens I'm constantly like worrying and overthinking be like no but what if it's something I don't like or no but what if it, I just have no idea I have no idea and therefore I don't know what to anticipate and that worries the heck out of me and I don't like that and 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 that's just mad to me I hate it when people be like or when or 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 if I had to be like oh surprise me but deep down I'm like well what are you gonna surprise me with and it it scares me and that's what I think and I think it somewhat upsets me as a person because I'm like why what happened that I had to become like that (laughs) like even for example the whole things of like the superpowers that you wished for as a child the concept of uh, wanting to know know what people are actually thinking in their head and wanting to be invisible to see what was happening when you're not there I think that's just so upsetting when you're when you're older and perhaps I'm deeping it way too much right perhaps I'm just I'm just feeling really, really like um I don't know like deep and passionate and emotional but I think that when you look back at that I think there's so many things that you used to do as a child that are now explained in adulthood and you're like damn that's that's really really deep and like that those type of things that I you know if you wanted to like oh if you would wish for what would it be like that I think that's really sad because it actually shows how much of a people pleaser I was and it actually shows just how worried I was and whether someone's going to like me or not or oh but do they actually like me like I am the biggest overthinker I've ever met myself and it actually makes me sad to know that because I'm like as if I couldn't trust what someone's saying to me like to my face like and and the way they are with me and I couldn't trust their body language I couldn't trust like them being happy to see me or saying things about me like that were nice I couldn't trust that and so if I had a superpower any superpower in the world if I could have it one of them would be to see what they're actually thinking in their head because it actually reflects I didn't trust what they were saying and so for me I had to know what's going on in their mind in case they were lying to me or in case they were they were just saying that to make me happy because I actually wanted to know whether they actually do truly like me or if they actually do truly accept me and I was so worried about that and that's really really upsetting I that's a really really sad thing and I know that there's a lot of people a lot of people who could probably relate to that and sadly more specifically I think there are a lot of girls who can relate to that and more more specifically I think there's a lot of South Asian girls who can relate to that and that's just so upsetting like oh like that's just so sad but just know that it gets better because now alhamdulillah I think in my adulthood years finally now I have mastered the art of not caring I've mastered the art of finally being able to stand up for myself and not being a doormat which is an entirely different episode of its own but like I finally mastered that and I finally realized that hang on I don't really care what someone actually thinks of me if you like me or not fine okay if you don't like me that's your loss like and I'm not here to be liked by everyone because if I was I would be a mug so if you don't like me or if you don't like certain things I do or if you feel bizarre about the way I act or whatever like that's fine that's your opinion the same way I hold opinions about other people and that's completely okay you don't need to be liked by every single person in the room because quite frankly it is impossible and then that would probably also mean that you are fake because you're just desperately trying to please every single person that comes across to you but the truth and the reality is that every person you've ever met actually knows and holds a different version of you in their head and that is the beauty of it because you are so unique as a person and your interactions with people are so unique you'll never know what kind of like image they actually hold of you in your head but you do know that the image one person holds of you in their head the version that they know of you is very different to a version of you that someone else knows and that is just I think so powerful when you really think about this I don't know what type of 
field that falls into whether that's psychology whether that's sociology whether that's neuroscience whether that's god knows what spirituality even but i think that it is so beautiful and it's actually so melancholic as well because now it allows you to reflect back on how you were and how you were growing up which equally I think that when you apply this so-called Dunder Mifflin nine-year gap to your own life when I look back to myself as a 14 year old child god I was entirely different I was I I had so much confidence in myself in the sense where like I could stand up in a room full of people and do some sort of public speaking. I was always like that, always. I was always that type of person. I was never afraid to put my hand up in class if I knew the right answer, because God forbid, if I was doubting, I would never put my hand up, right? But like, if I knew, I knew, right? I'd put my hand up. I, I always wanted to shine in that type of stuff. However, in terms of confidence, like social confidence, oh, I didn't have that. Like, there's two types of different social confidences because I guess you could say public speaking is an element of social confidence and it is I guess but like the concept of more like personal informal kind of like confidence like that I just didn't have that and I was such a timid and shy person in that sense I would laugh a lot I would laugh a lot because quite frankly I just didn't know how to how to have that type of banter or something and I remember that yesterday when I was in school and I remember like I, I can't remember what it was like there was this one boy who used to always make everyone laugh or whatever or he used to ask a question I just, just I just get nervous because I was so scared of the social norms and like not fitting into them and I'd be like I just laugh and then I remember it would be like oh why do you always laugh at everything like everyone would be like oh kind of just laughs at everything and it was actually because sadly I just didn't know the social norms and I was so scared or rather I thought I can't adhere to the social norms so I was like basically I didn't know what was going on or I didn't know how to act in a group or something like I just was too shy like in that sense and I always was so scared of upsetting someone or so scared of like not being liked by them um even friends and so I would just do whatever so I thought if whatever they say just laugh at it like we've all done it right we've all done it don't even like lie we've all done it however now alhamdulillah I am not like that at all I'm so far from that that I don't even recognize that person it feels like a totally different person but yet that was a version of me and I lived through that and so that's what we're talking about like you will form so many core memories and you will evolve as a person but you will never realize that until you look back at it and you have to do that in order for that reflection to happen and also that reflection will never happen unless that time has passed so it's like a codependent relationship and it's just so sad I think but also it's so happy and invigorating because it's like wow it's very very like um powerful because you're like oh I've actually changed so much as a person and I think that that's the truth like if you relate that for example to to current world settings and what's happening in the world right now something small as like the Nakba that happened in 1948 when people were being um like expelled from their homes and they had to all move and stuff like that and now it's happening again I think it was only the beginning of the week that I saw the pictures that um Mutaz uh, Azaza actually took and he was like I don't want to take these pictures and you wouldn't believe that it's happening in 2023 but it was and it was like literally the Nakba of 2023 and it's a concept of people think that they started on the 7th of October and that's what we see on the surface that's what everyone's trying to tell us that's the surface of it but when you actually look back even if you try to apply the nine-year rule for example of Dunder Mifflin to that situation you don't have to go back very far to see that this has actually been happening a long time ago I think for the last two or three Eids in a trot now uh not Eids sorry Ramadan's as far as I can remember because I didn't really have social media before that so it was like I've been having I've had social media for about three years before that I didn't really have social media um so I think for the last three years on a trial I can remember consecutively every single Ramadan that um Ramadan would obviously start and we're all happy and you know we're so ready for this um month to come and then bam like 
something would happen in Gaza, Palestine, or something would happen at Al-Aqsa, the mosques, and like the worshippers would just simply be praying and then you've literally seen the footage of Israeli soldiers come in and batter the end with little batons or throwing in like smoke grenades or throwing in like gas things. I can't remember what they're called. Um, and this is like consecutively from what I can remember the last three Ramadans, like I have seen with myself on social media. So it's definitely gone way before that as well. Like we're talking, this has been happening since 1948. And it's like that concept of anything in your life, any situation, anything that you're, even your job, for example, whatever career you're working in, like you try and apply the nine year rule to that. And this is just a random Dunder Mifflin nine year rule that I've made, right? And I'm gonna actually coin that, the Dunder Mifflin nine year rule, guys. Um, And I was just trying to think of abbreviating it, but it sounded stupid. Um, But yeah, so if you apply that to anything in your life or even the career that you're doing, for example, now, you can actually see so many changes in your career path, but also like perhaps even like the thing that you do. For example, like what I can think of is like if you're an IT technician, right? And you apply the Dunder Mifflin nine-year rule to that, well, you look at how much the face of computer and AI intelligence has changed throughout those years. We're at a time now where you've got something like ChatGPT and you can literally put up a question and it asks anything. Whereas before, when we were kids, it was something called askjeeves.com, which was like this dodgy as hell website. And like, it was really scary. It wasn't even scary, but it was like really, really... um unreliable and like there was no age filter on it so if you asked a random question it actually come up with something very offensive or um something that was not age appropriate by accident things like that like we had ask jeeves ask jeeves compare that to chat gpt world difference it's actually mad but yeah things like that things like what's happening in palestine right now and you look at what you know people are shocked people are shocked to see what palestine looked like before even 1948 you see the pictures and the videos of palestine as a country um and i'm talking about like let's say for example in the 1920s and you just see the roads and how beautiful and how peaceful it was and let's just say like it's not nine years but even from then like apply the nine-year rule like look at how much has changed it's just insane and we're not even talking about a nine-year rule here it's like the 75-year rule it's insane and it's really sad that from what we can see right now it's like oh my god you know here we're forming a core memory of palestine um protests and and constantly having to speak up about it and how are constantly being asked do you condemn hamas and oh it's a conflict when it's not really a conflict i hate that word i hate that word conflict it's not a conflict um and things like that and this is a core memory in our lives where we're gonna have to realize oh my god there was a time in 2023 where like yes we weren't a part of it like as in we weren't there facing the um oppression and the genocide we weren't like physically there but like in our own worlds like we were having to battle islamophobia we were having to battle you know all of this um wrong terminology we were having to battle these racist ideologies we were having to battle all of these race wars like it's crazy it's constant and and the propaganda and the censorship and all of that and the fake news and the reports all of this and people are trying to choose sides and all of that like we will have to tell that story to our children one day being like you know there was a time when i had to boycott starbucks and they're like what's starbucks because i hopefully by then you know starbucks i don't know what's happened to them but either they've i don't know what's gonna happen to starbucks but the point i'm trying to make is It'll be like explaining little things like that to to children. Like, for example, something as small as the story of Starbucks. I 
remember growing up, I never had Starbucks. I never even knew what Starbucks was. I used to see the picture and I used to say, ooh, like that's an American thing. Like honestly, like talk about socioeconomic uh, backgrounds. I didn't know what Starbucks was. And growing up, I was like, oh, okay, that's Starbucks. Used to see it, you know, here, there in Manchester, never had it. And obviously, like, I, you know, I started to become like a teenager. I was like, oh, okay, Starbucks is like really cool, whatever. And then I remember when uh, I got my car and I, the first time ever, I've still got my first car. I'm still on my first car, but the first car I got, like the first time I was driving, I remember that Eid, that hit. Um, me and my brother started a tradition of going to Starbucks for a Starbucks. And so it'd, become, it, it'd, it'd come to Eid and we were like, we want to do something fun. Like we've got a car now. And, you know, we'd drive out to Starbucks. We'd, you know, be vibing, whatever. And, 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 and even that in itself for me was like, it was like, oh, this is so big because uh, for us to get to the nearest Starbucks, we had to go on the motorway. Like the nearest Starbucks for us is in the next town. And to get to that town, you can take the motorway, which I would. And I never drew, drove on the motorway. I was going to say drew, but I never drove on the motorway. So like for me, that was like, drove, is that a word? I drove down, I drive down. Uh, I can't remember. But the point is like, I, that was like a big step for me because I was like, oh my God, like I'm going on the motorway and like I'm going to a different town on the motorway. Like that's so mad. For Americans, that's like the highway. Um, But yeah, like it's like, oh, so scary, whatever. It's actually not scary at all once you actually achieve it. But the point is like, that was like a big thing for us and then it became a normal thing. And now, like, and then it became a normal thing. So it lost like, it didn't lose its pizzazz, but it was just tradition. It was, you know, accepted. And now we can't ever do that tradition again because guess what? We're boycotting Starbucks and that's the way it's going to stay. And we were just thinking, we were just talking about that the other day. And we were like, yo, do you remember? Like, that's our tradition. Like, now that's gone. And we're like, yeah, as it should, because we're not going back. We're not, you know, it's fine. But like, you don't have to apply a nine year rule to that. You can just see it in the last three years, perhaps. And I find that completely bizarre. Like, it's crazy. And I remember, I think it was last year we went to um, get Starbucks and the lady at the till was like, I was like, oh, you've been busy because it was a like, cute. It took us ages. I was like, oh, we've waited so long. She's like, honestly, it's so manic. Like, I know it's Eid for you guys. And like, we've had so many like Muslims come in today and it's just so nice to see. But like, we are dying. Like, it's been like crazy since the beginning. I was like, yeah, it's like a big thing. Like, lots of Muslims love Starbucks because we can't drink alcohol. So like, our equivalent is high, lots of energy and lots of sugary kind of like fake coffee. <laughs> but yeah, um, anyways yes yeah, so that was the end of starbucks and i find that crazy because like i don't even have to apply a nine-year rule but who would have known that when when we started that tradition there would come a time where we would absolutely hate the sight of starbucks and we'd be like ugh, we detest the thing because of the ideals and values it was holding and supporting genocide like we never knew that that would ever come a time like that would come and i find that absolutely mad and that is core memories and we're gonna have to explain it to our children one day absolutely insane but yeah little things like that I just think it's so beautiful the concept of core memories being formed and how a lot also protects us in the sense of not letting us know what our future is I find that just so insane honestly like I love it I actually love it but yeah I hope that that was a nice conversation that we had I hope it was a bit um nostalgic I hope it was a bit melancholic I was that's the vibe I was going for today um but also I just think that you know once and when you do reflect on things I think it gives you that sense of being grateful for what position you're in right now for two reasons. If you're in a good position right now, you look back to your life and you probably can pick up on a point where you weren't in a position like that or you wanted something so badly that you didn't have at that point and now you do. And you're like, wow, like I never knew back then I would actually be happy or I'd have this happiness or I'd have what I wanted. 
And so it allows you to feel grateful. But the alternative is if you're in a bad place right now, because sadly, you know, there are people who, who are in really, really tough, you know, tough, tough times, tough places at their point of lives. And, and it's not a nice feeling. And, and if that is any one of you, like you can also look back at your life and think, hang on. Yes, I'm not in a good place right now. Perhaps there was a time that was worse than this that actually fell upon me and I got through that and I was completely fine and Allah helped me and he found a way for me because we know as we're told consistently that Allah does not burden a soul with more than it can bear and with every hardship comes ease and that would have probably been exhibited in your lives so many times in the past and if you apply the nine-year rule the Dunder Mifflin nine-year rule you will actually look back and think wow in nine years I've actually endured a lot or I've actually faced a lot and I'm not in those positions anymore and so if I'm in a bad position now I know I can get through that but also you know that you've had happy moments before probably and you've looked at back at a time in your life where you were so happy perhaps you don't have that happiness right now but a sense of you will also feel grateful for ever being able to experience that in the first place so I just think that a lot of reflection and heavy duty type of reflection on your lives is something that you should do consistently one of the things that I am going to say before I end because I don't think we're going to do any reddit threads today but one thing I was going to say before I end is something that really really helps with this I promise you is journaling journaling is a art of reflection and it is so powerful in the sense that if you do it right and you do it properly and just to let you know there is no right way but if you do it in a way that works for you you will find a system that then actually creates documentation of your life for however many years I started journaling in 2019 October 2019 I won't ever forget the date and so that has been now so that's 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. Sorry, guys, I'm really, I'm not even 24. Why did I just count that year? Uh, that's like around four years. In 24, inshallah, it'll be five years. And I can't believe I have got big bounded um, notebooks that contain, sorry, that's my phone, big bounded notebooks that literally contain documentation of my life. I've got days in there that I feel... Uh, I don't know why I just made that noise but I feel um you know I, I, I that days that 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 were just normal mundane days like didn't do anything special if anything out of the blue I probably was just talking about a university assignment I was probably just talking about going down to I don't know Manchester or something like something so normal something I wouldn't think twice about but I know for a fact if I read that back I'd be like wow like I can't believe I did that on that day or I remember now how I felt on that day like do you know what I mean and there's actually uh, times I've journaled or things I've journaled about in my life that absolutely broke me that absolutely broke me and, and made me fall to pieces and, and I was just left to pick up the pieces and I've journaled about that and I can read back to it and I'm like it brings up all the emotion but also it allows me to be to be grateful for having passed that and having come to a point now where I'm so much better and and I'm, I'm healed and all the pieces are joined together stuff like that and I've journaled about times that I'm so happy and something so beautiful and amazing happened in my life and such a big achievement I, I actually got written down and, and it makes me feel that happiness again and it makes me feel that pride about myself like oh my god I can do it and it, it actually motivates you stuff like that and, and just little moments that you'll never forget and you're forming so many core memories even in the concept of journaling and I just think it's actually honestly gorgeous it's just so beautiful if you do it right and when I say you know there's no right way 
what's right is right for you so for me like journaling is not an everyday task and it's not a dear diary today I did this it's nothing like that and and it's not like seven pages long and it's not like two page two lines long like it works for me the way I want it to work and that's the same for you guys hopefully when I I really hope that I've at least convinced people to journal throughout this this podcast if there's only ever one thing I want to take want you to take away from this podcast there's so many I want you to take away two things if there's two things I want you to wanted you to take away from this podcast it would be the concept of discovering the love for Allah and the the love that Allah has for you and number two um taking care of yourself and and putting yourself first and and journaling honestly I feel like that's kind of three but you know what I mean uh but yeah like I, I just think it's so powerful and and yeah I think I think reflection is a very melancholic and nostalgic journey but it comes with its beauty as well and I just think that as humans sometimes in this modern day world where we're so engrossed in technology and digital life I think that sometimes when you just stop and think and you recall the memories and you just sit down and have a good old gossip about the good old days or you're writing about it I just think that that is so much more beautiful and so poignant for today's day and age and I just think it's so special but I hope that this episode was enlightening I hope that it allowed us to think or maybe even get a little bit emotional dare I say I hope it actually motivates you to watch The Office because honestly it's just amazing and it's hilarious um but yeah I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and thank you so much by the way I just want to say thank you to everyone that um gives it a listen even if you ever listen to 10 minutes, even if you've got to the end of this episode like you are right now, I just want to say a massive thank you because if it wasn't for you guys, I don't know where this podcast would be today. We're doing really good with it and we have so many uh, subscribers and like followers and listeners and and a little family in the community and I just think that that's really special. I don't want to ever really lose that. So thank you so much to everyone who supports this podcast and who who's ever got the, the word out about it and who's ever even just tuned in, even if you didn't like it. Thank you but um yeah i think that i'm gonna leave it at that and i hope that you have an amazing next week inshallah but i hope you also take care of yourself but until then um i will speak to you next week inshallah take care